Hi everyone, welcome back to part two of the episode of Best Wishes with Izzy Holroyd. I hope you enjoyed part one and have had time to go and top up your teas and tune in for part two. Enjoy this half of the episode. Although we do like to have a good giggle here on Best Wishes, some of our topics, I realise, can be a little sensitive. But please know that we don't mean to offend anyone by anything that is mentioned on this platform. It's just our opinions, it's from our individual perspectives, and we realise that every single person is living a different life, and so we'll see things differently, and that is one of the beauties of life itself, and frankly, this podcast wouldn't exist if we didn't. So please don't let this upset you, please don't take offence by anything that's said, and if it does, then please just get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the podcast. Something we very briefly touched on there at the end of part one was expectations. And to me, I think expectations are amazing. They can do amazing things and make you achieve things that you never thought were possible, but can be really intimidating. Yeah. Um, You can't set unrealistic expectations. Yes. And expectations obviously sometimes are an end goal. Yeah. But you can't, especially, so for an example, I'm currently training myself to run faster because I'd given up a bit over like the winter season. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to run faster. I want to run a 5k in 26 minutes, which is obviously like for some people easy. Yeah. But that's your personal goal. That's my personal goal. I can't set the expectation that next week I'm going to run 26 yeah. minute 5k. I can't go, okay, so my expectation of myself, or you can set it for someone else, is next week I'm going to do 26 5k. Yeah. It's got to be a gradual goal. And twenty once I get to 26 minutes, I want to go faster than that. But I, I said that to the person who's setting up my personal regime at the moment. <laughs> um, and I said, no, I want to do 25. And he goes but why would you set 25 when you've never run faster than 26? Because then you're just pressuring yourself and you're going to get annoyed at yourself when you've run 26, which would have been the original success because that would have been the fastest you've ever gone. But if you'd set yourself the goal of 25, then you wouldn't have a mini moment of success when you get to 26. I think it's really interesting that you say that because expectations are one thing unrealistic expectations are another thing and actually knowing that an expectation is unrealistic you might not know that until you haven't reached it and so when you set it you believe that you can achieve that and it's having the knowledge and having being in a mental position that you know your capabilities enough and you've added whatever you want to strive for onto that to make it an expectation that you can achieve instead of getting never achieving it and then it becomes unattainable. Um, 
And having just said that out loud, I think maybe the secret to this is that you can set expectations, but don't set a time that you want it done by. Because ultimately, nothing's impossible. It's obviously like dependent on the place, the task. Yeah, absolutely. But like for personal, personal goals, yeah. Don't pressure yourself. You're on your own time scale. You're on your own pathway. Quite spiritual. But like, yeah. you are. Like, if someone is training alongside you and you start with the same goal, they might reach it before you. That's just how they work. Hang on, hang on. So, un... Unattainable. No. Unrealistic expectations don't have to be unrealistic if you set the right timeline. If you set the right expectations for your expectations. <laughs> oh, this is getting complicated. No, but okay, so for example, you set the right expectations or you don't set expectations for your expectation. So you set a goal, you set a task. Yes. I 26 minute 5k. Yes. I don't have an end goal for that. No, it's you do. Just, that is your end goal. No, but you that's, don't have a time. No, but I don't have an end date. I'm not saying, yeah. okay, 21st of June, lovely day. We're not putting a stamp I'm on I'm not it. going, 21st of June, I'm going to run my 26-minute 5K because I've got other things to do that day. But <laughs> aside from the point, um, I'm not setting myself a date in which I'm like, I'm going to do this by. Therefore, it kind of takes the pressure off a bit. Because if, say I set that date, so yes. there's two there's two ways this could go. There's one universe where I've set a date and there's one universe where I haven't set a date. I might hit the same date for both of them or I might hit later or earlier on one of them. But if I haven't set a date initially, I'm not going to get angry if I was before or after that deadline because there was never a deadline in the first place. Yes. Yes. So if you, okay, so if you have an expectation with a timestamp on it or a date or whatever it is that you want to achieve it by a certain point, then you're more likely for that expectation to be an unrealistic expectation. And for you to spiral and get... And to get into a negative mentality than if you have an expectation that is not ongoing forever but you don't have any pressure of a deadline of when you want it done by then that is a good expectation rather than without the timestamp. okay that was really interesting oh that's really like changed my perception of it i was thinking obviously in in the workplace and stuff you're gonna have deadlines and you're gonna have deadlines for essays you can't be like sorry sir or miss uh, I'm not actually going to hand in my essay this week uh, because I've decided to not set myself timeline expectations. <laughs> I think I'll do better if it's I'll just... Do, yeah, I'll do better if you just let me have a couple more weeks. And I'll be like, that's not how it works. Uh, sorry, but I think you're pressuring my expectations Excuse me, according to Best Wishes the podcast... <laughs> according to Sophie, she actually says that like you shouldn't set timeline expectations. <laughs> I feel like you should probably just let me have it. <laughs> wow that was that was deep <laughs> um something i another thing yet another thing that i have found fascinating is 
resistance versus acceptance which is kind of on the same level of what we were just talking about but actually it's no it's not it's the opposite it's if we're having something that's going not our way and if you know if you're having a bad day or you're not reaching your expectations then resisting that or resisting whatever that thing is you are giving it more power, more strength, and letting that thing become more overwhelming than if you chose to accept it. And perhaps that is part of what we were just saying about if your expectations, if you're setting a timeline and you're trying to reach that timeline, yeah. rather than accepting that it will happen, I will get there, I can get there, and it will happen when it happens. Yeah. And also resisting, if you resist, say, the fact that that deadline's coming and that you need to do this work, if you push that back, you're also pushing, like, kind of the positive energy a little bit. And the the more you push it away, the more pressure that builds up on it, the more weight of that thing. So, like, today, I sat down and I had four hours of reading to do because I have an essay to write. (laughs) And if I'd pushed away, like, so for example, I just, I was tired. I didn't want to do the work. And I accepted that because if I accept that, I give myself a break. I give myself rest and tomorrow I'm going to start fresh and be fine. If I'd resisted that and gone, no, I'm going to work through it. It's fine. Look, there's no, I've got, I like, obviously I would have accepted the deadline if I'd resisted yeah. that and said, oh, I've got a deadline, I'm going to put four hours work in. But I would have woken up tomorrow. A lot more stressed. A lot more stressed. Probably wouldn't have, I probably would have been more stressed by the end of the day because I probably would have done two hours, so I did two hours and missed two hours. I probably would have done two hours of reading that wasn't really that beneficial. Yeah. Because I was resisting the tiredness and the fact I just needed a break, if I'd done that, I would have just drained myself, whereas tomorrow I can hopefully wake up and go, it's time to do it. Accept that you've got a deadline, do the work, but you gave yourself a break, so now you're ready to get on with it. Agreed. How beautifully summed up. (laughs) The final topic that I have for this little part of the episode is something called pedestalling or putting someone on a pedestal as you might well know it which is idolizing someone or looking up to someone who you find aspirational or inspirational to the extent that you don't see any flaws in them even though they might well have one two many however many um but you put that person on a pedestal how does that how does that sit with you? Can I bounce the question back to you? Hit me. Give me an example of a, perhaps a time that you've put someone on a pedestal. Like, and do you think you can think of a celebrity that you've you could have been thirteen at the time, and it could have been a YouTuber. Like, initially, I'm going to start with someone like Zoella. Okay. You see her. She's doing her makeup perfectly. She's got all this money. She's got a wonderful family. She's got a new dog. And you start to be like, oh my God, she's great. She's got everything. 
But you're seeing what you see on camera. Oh, I've just thought of my answer. Okay. Well, <laughs> so embarrassing. That, so mine's not actually that, but like that was like 13 year old me probably thought she was perfect. And then a video will come out that she's not. Yeah. And it like disappoints you because you're like, oh my God, I thought they were perfect. Yeah. And Zoella, I love you. If you're listening to this, please don't hate me. She's not called <laughs> Zoella anymore. She's called Zoe Sarg. Obviously that was always her name. Yeah. But like, I don't actually think that, but that was an example. 13 year old me probably did it a bit. Good example. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock you. No, I don't think I will. You know me too well. Miranda. Miranda Hart. I put her on a pedestal and I aspired to be like her, not in every way, but in the way that she completely and utterly owned herself. Yeah. And she knew who she was. She didn't give a fig what anyone thought of her. Like, she was just so unapologetically... Herself. Herself. And just... I loved that and I wanted to be like that. I wanted to have no inhibitions and just let myself be free and gallop down the street. (laughs) How old were you? Ooh... It was whenever whenever Miranda was coming out. Not coming out, but yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I think you obviously you'll still do it as you grow up and you're always gonna have people that you forget that they are a human and have Indeed. Imperfections and flaws and different viewpoints to you that perhaps you don't agree with. Um but I definitely think it's like a as like obviously coming from a teenage girl's point mm. of view when I was a teenager when I was a teenager <laughs> <laughs> like I would do it with every person I had an obsession with and it tended to be YouTubers because at the time that was when we were like first getting our phones and iPods mm. and stuff YouTube was when it was at its height especially like for me personally it was like beauty vloggers and like I've said like Zoe Sarg but, like, whoever my obsession with was for, like, I don't know, a couple of months, who I watched religiously, I would get to that point where I'd be like, oh, my God, their life is perfect. They live in L.A. They're tanned all the time. They get to do hauls all the time. Look at their makeup. It's perfect. When really behind the scenes, they were probably going, I really didn't like that makeup look I just made. But I'll post it because it's going to get me money. And not because money was the thing that was driving them, but they might be like, my acne actually looked kind of bad and that I'll edit it out a bit, which is fine. But I saw that and went, oh my goodness, I have to be like them. Put it on a pedestal. Because their makeup's perfect. And I'd go out and I'd spend my pocket money or whatever I'd earn on like birthday money, whatever. And I would spend it on the exact same makeup items, put it and on my face. the same result. Put it on my face and go, oh. Yes. Because I'm not, I was 13, I'm not 25 doing my makeup. A perfect example of an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> and winged eyeliner does not suit me because my eyes are just not the same shape as the people I was seeing on yeah. YouTube, and that's fine because everyone obviously has different features. Do you know what struck me whilst you've been saying these things? It's definitely a thing of that phase. Whilst you're going through puberty, when you're having all these things change in your life and you're striving for 
someone that you idolise, that you put on a pedestal. Yeah. Because they appear to have what you are wanting to become. And, like, if I made a YouTube now, and I'm not saying, like, I'm going to, but if if I was, say, this age, in the, the main generation of YouTube, when, like, it was getting big, when, like, beauty vloggers were becoming big, mm. there would probably be some 13-year-old that would watch me... And be like, oh my goodness, Absolutely. I want to do my makeup like hers. But because I'm 20 and I've been doing makeup since I was in year 8, 9, I've learned what suits my face, I've learned what products work for me, I've learned everything. But there's always going to be some young teenager who looks up to what you're doing at that time. If, if I was a YouTuber and 13-year-old me was watching that, I'd look up to myself Mm. and that's great because I'll probably I'll probably become like I'll go to 30 say I'll get to 30 and 20 year old me now will probably look up to that person hopefully in their career and in their life choices and just everything just be more secure in how I am and small insecurities will disappear over the years. I think I think it's a very good point I think that because it was such a transitional phase of your life and everything is up in the air, that actually you don't know yourself for who you actually are. You're still learning what you value, what you want to be like. And now, I mean, we're both 20 and I definitely am not at 100% knowing myself, know who I am or everything, but I know a lot more of who I am now than I did then. And at that point when everything was changing, I was looking up to people who I wanted to become. Whereas now I'm thinking, no, who do I want to be? Yeah. So I don't pedestal someone else because it's more about what I value rather than what someone else does. And you're obviously always going to look at a celebrity and go, yes, I want my hair like them, but you're never actually going to be like them. A quick message from our partners, The Bounce Back Club, a brand that makes beautiful handmade bespoke calligraphy cards for any, all and no occasions. Whether it's just to say hi, to send a paper hug, to celebrate something special or even just an inside joke, The Bounce Back Club is the perfect way to send a special something to a special someone. So check them out at The Bounce Back Club on Instagram and email with any questions or queries thebounceback.club at aol.com or DM us and we will get in touch as soon as possible. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy this week's episode. Right, it is that time of the podcast to reveal what the fear of atelophobia is. Are you ready? Yes. I said it was the fear of failure. And you were so close. It's the fear of imperfection. Which in some respects, what we've said in this episode is... Mm. If you relate success to perfect, then then failure is imperfection. Which, so technically, on some level... I was right. Therefore, I've succeeded. Therefore, I'm I am perfect. perfect. At guessing what imperfection is. <laughs> Thank you, I will be leaving now. <laughs> <laughs>
As you will all know, here on Best Wishes, we like to do a little something with our amazing partner, The Bounce Back Club, and ask your wonderful self, Izzy, if you could send a postcard from your current self to yourself at any age, what age would you send it to and what message would it say? Here goes. Um, so the front of the postcard says, who cares, do better, move on. Uh, which I think really sums up this episode, really. Just... Couldn't have picked a better thing. Exactly. <laughs> like I planned How it in did advance. you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I chose to write a postcard to myself at 13 to 15, roughly the transitional period of puberty that we've been talking about. The time in your life you're most confused and just want to be cool and fit in <laughs> with everyone and be like yeah I want the expensive clothes mum buy them no I'm not going to yeah um so I wrote it to Isabel because I didn't go by Izzy at that point uh I didn't think I was I wasn't cool enough at that point <laughs> <laughs> and it says hi Isabel it's Izzy keep going you're doing exactly what you need to do don't beat yourself up You'll learn and grow and you'll meet some amazing people on the way. Best wishes. Uh, which I think is just... There's two points to this. I'm glad that I went through that transitional period of puberty. Obviously, picking apart every piece of me and trying to, like, be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did that in some respects because I've grown from it. Mm-hmm. If I'd continued to do that obsessively, that's not healthy. But I'm glad I had that point in my life so I can look back and be like, that made me who I am now. That made me who I am today. That's why I've said keep going. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Because there's always going to be... It's what what came before a silver lining. who you are now. Exactly. In conclusion, uh, I think the main points from this episode... Uh, is that it's okay to be a perfectionist. Just don't be mean to yourself when yes. things don't go exactly to plan. Be kind. Because there's always a silver lining at the end. Uh, I think if you see your friend being obsessively perfectionist, a obsessive perfectionist, don't call them out on it. But watch out for them. Not watch out for them. <laughs> if you see your friend being an obsessive perfectionist, look out for them. Because they might need your help. Because they might just need reassurance. Like I've said, that it will work out in the end. But don't be the patronising friend that's like, you're such a try-hard. Be like, yeah. you tried so hard. Yes. You tried so hard. You tried your best. Let's go get a hot chocolate and some pizza and watch some Netflix at the end of the day. So really what you're concluding is just go buy a pizza and hot chocolate and everything will be okay. Yeah. Just don't do your work. Don't set goals. <laughs> just eat pizza. No. <laughs> pizza is the answer. Yeah. I think being a perfectionist is perfectly okay because it's always good to strive for your best but don't beat yourself up when there's failures because the classic saying you've got to fail to know what success is like you've got to be knocked down all of that 
Like, you do. Yeah. You do, like... As you, cheesy as it is, it's true. If you'd never failed, you'd never fully understand what success is. What a perfect way to end the episode. Thank you so Thank much you for, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And a beautiful summary there from Izzy. I couldn't have put it better myself. I hope you've had a fab week and join us next time for plenty more of best wishes. In the meantime, catch up on our Instagram at bestwishespod for all of the sneak previews, quotes, tips, pictures, postcards and sneak previews in between now and next Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. Join us next week for more best wishes.